Welcome to King's Touch Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe God's word will impact your everyday life. Glory to God forever. Uh, I will shoot to the scriptures quickly. We're in Nehemiah chapter number 8. Nehemiah chapter number 8. We read through the whole chapter yesterday. Uh, I think I'll take it from verse number 4. And I'll try to go until about verse number 8. Just uh, portions of it because we read heavy yesterday. So he says in verse number 4, And Ezra, the scribe, stood upon the pulpit of wood. Somebody said the pulpit of wood which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood his men over there. Uh, We'll skip those many names there. On his right hand, there was him and him and him. Verse number five. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. For he was above all the people. Somebody say he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. That's the impact of the word. They stood up and Ezra blessed the Lord. Uh, the great God and all the people answered, Amen, Amen. Said together with me, Amen. Amen. With lifting up their hands, they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And Joshua and Bani and Sherebiah and Jamin and Akub and Shabbat, Shabbatai and Hudijah and him and him and him and him, all the levels caused the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place, verse number 8. So they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly. Said distinctly. Distinctly. They read distinctly, meaning they understood. And gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Cause your pregnant word, Lord, to come forth tonight, not by power, not by might, but by your spirit. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, uh, let's get in order. All right. So yesterday we began to promulgate uh, the subject of what we call the empowerment by the book. And I hope that uh, we began to break ground yesterday. We want to engage in that spirit uh, yet again. I want to believe that you are moving out of the basement into mezzanine. Maybe tomorrow and the other day we'll be able to begin to lift it up uh, by the grace of God. Uh, in Nehemiah 8 and number 4, we begin to see that he raised uh, uh, the pulpit of wood. He was standing on the pulpit of wood to begin to declare. Uh, yesterday, we saw them crying and uh, desperately desiring uh, the Spirit of God coming upon them and realizing that what they need is uh, a manifestation of that word. They called it the book as it was given uh, by Moses. In number 4 through 6 and 8, as we read, we see him elevated on a place of wood after the book is brought and they begin to declare. Bible say they read from morning until midday and when we go down to verse number 18 we see that they read from the first day even unto the last day. I want to focus a little bit today uh, on the raising of the pulpit of wood which I love to call uh, the tower paradigm because there is something about the word of God uh, 
which is the revelation of the book that makes it distinct from the rest. It causes it to stand out uh, from among the crowd. Uh, it could be a library shelf full of many books, but where the Biblos is, it is the Biblos. Where the boss is, that's the boss. Somebody say hallelujah. I had a good man explain because uh, uh, he comes into a room and the young people are all trying to scatter together so they can find him a seat because he's Mr. Chairman. He come them down and said, don't worry, wherever I sit, I am the chairman. Uh, because the chair don't make me, I make the chair. Glory to God. So such is the word of God that wherever it is, it does not matter uh, the manner of books there that try to say this and try to say that and try to compete and try to find their space uh, uh, in a way to show their presence to. Uh, Biblos is Biblos and the book is the book. Glory to God. We know who the author is. Uh, we know what its grace is. We know what its manifestation is. And the intention from where we came last night is for us to be able to understand that and comprehend it so that we will be able to dig into the book and be captured by the thunder thereof. Because you see, we cannot catch empowerment and to be able to pass on empowerment until we have been captured by the thunder of the book. Somebody say hallelujah. It must be Psalm chapter number 29 that talks about the voice of God. And it says that the voice of God uh, is upon the waters. And it says the voice of God thundereth. Uh, he says the voice of God uh, uh, breaks the cedars of Lebanon. I had him say this is the voice of God splits the flames of fire. He goes ahead to say that it's the same voice of God that causes the hinds to calve. Hinds being mountain gods to calve meaning to bring forth. Mountain gods bring forth by the voice of God. Some of you think they give forth because uh, uh, they've done their nine months or their gestation period is due. I want to remind you by the word of God that they actually bring forth and calve because the voice of God thundereth, splits uh, the flames of fire. Why am I taking you to Psalm 29? Because that same voice is the voice in the book. And you and I must be captured by the thunder of the voice within the book because it is the voice of the author becoming the guide and the plumb line of your life. Uh, the psalmist uh, David wrote and he said once has he spoken but twice have I heard the power belong to God because you see when the book begin to reveal God by his voice in your life he will speak once and yet you will hear twice. Some of us will hear thrice and four and five. God spoke it once and the echo still comes in my voice still comes in my hearing. Sometimes I can't go to sleep because as I go I lay down, I can hear millionaire, 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 hallelujah. I gave a seat to a dear man of God not so long ago and when he received it he was amazed. He said, kumbe mungu mekuleta na ukujua. He said, you're gonna be a millionaire all your life. And I went to sleep that night and I, would hear, I could hear a millionaire, 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 millionaire. Glory to God because he spoke it once and yet more than twice we could hear it because the call is on our attention to the book glory to God so that we will be able to catch the gist and the heart of the book so that therein we will flow therein we will run and therein we will land somebody say hallelujah uh, in my readings I find uh, a biography of one William Wilberforce you may want to read that it's called Amazing Grace beautiful beautiful book uh, 
uh, one of the things you'll discover in that amazing race is uh, uh, John Newton, who is a, a former massive slave trader uh, who is converted to uh, Christianity. One of the young men that he begin to raise up in the understanding of the revelation is received uh, is the gentleman that turns out to be uh, William Wilberforce, the great uh, uh, British leader, parliamentary leader uh, that is called the abolitionist. Glory to God. He fought to bring to an end uh, the whole tragedy of slave trade around the world. But I pick on him because as I think about the power of the book, I remember the principle he taught through his life, uh, making speeches with this as the foundation through parliament. And the principle was nobles oblige. To be translated in English, that the nobles are obligated. Why do I take you to Wilberforce? Because we, as the people of the book, ladies and gentlemen, are absolutely obligated to be able to be captured by the thunder of the book, receive the empowerment from the bottom of our hearts, change and transform our lives so that it's not just a state of religion and going to church on Sunday and listening to a good preacher, giving your offering and go out there, live like you weren't, have no power, have no expression of God because the gospel is not for the four walls of the church or for, of, of where you go to church, glory to God. It's for the world where you go that you may be able to shine his light, show forth his glory, show forth his empowerment, show forth his nature and the ability of God upon your life as you capture it from the book that has arrested your heart by the thunder thereof. Somebody say amen. So today I would like to push a little farther, maybe scratch a little bit deeper as I begin to tackle what I would call the character of the book. If we had a 7 or 21 day conference, I think I could stay here uh, for most of the time. But for our sake of time, because time will fail as always, I want to scratch a little bit of two of what I call values or qualities of the character of the book. And I'm going to spend the next few minutes handling number one, the authority thereof and the authenticity thereof. To agree that the word of God is of authority and that the word of God is authentic. If I can push that agenda before you live in here and you live absolutely convinced and assured that the word of God is the place of authority and the word of God is the authentic place of authority, I think I will have achieved my end tonight. Somebody give me a hallelujah. So we agree by all means that it is the book, glory to God, the guide and the firm foundation of what God wants to do in the universe. Glory to God. The word and by the book is not uh, what they call autocratic, neither is it aristocratic, uh, technocrats or even democratic. It is theocratic. I'll try to break that down for you a little bit before we take off. It's not autocratic, meaning that it's forced down upon the people in a dictatorial manner. It's not aristocratic, meaning it's laid by a few simple a brass group of leaders that are called technocrats. Neither is it democratic in simple terms by the people and for the people, but it is theocratic, meaning that it is of God as God reveals it, as God puts it together, as God binds it together to give it to humanity and expose it to the nation for the deliverance of the nations as the revelation of the heart of God. Somebody give me a hallelujah there. 
I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter number 9. And the prophet Isaiah began to prophesy that unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given. Uh, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He says the government shall be upon his shoulder. And of the increase of his government there shall be no end. Somebody say hallelujah. He ends by saying the zeal of the Lord shall perform this. The zeal of the Lord shall perform this. This is a highlight from the book, ladies and gentlemen, because this is not just a historical reference, but a manifestation of God at work. He says, unto us a child is born. Because you see, a son would not be born because a son would be given. The child has to be born. That which is born of a virgin Mary, as prophesied by Isaiah, was going to be a child. But that which would be given by God at Calvary on the hill was a son. But that's not even what I want you to see. I want you to see that from a child to a son that is given, from a child that is born to a son is given, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. From child that is born to son that is given to everlasting father and he goes ahead to say the government will settle on his shoulder and of the increase of his government there shall be no end we are talking about a theocracy here a revelation of God by his will and by his heart has given to the sons of men that there is no debate there is no vote there is no uh, discussion uh, there is no uh, 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 trying to bid and try to build a case so that you are able to qualify your ideas it is is the will of God by the grace of God and humanity receives it by faith because God has made it available. That's the power of the book ladies and gentlemen that we can run with that prophecy and see the fulfillment of God's will, plan, order and purpose in the life of humanity. Hallelujah. And the zeal of the Lord shall perform this. So let's go into number one that I call the authority indicator. Talking about authority and authenticity. So the authority indicator, uh, of course you understand that authority is the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. Glory to God. I look at the word of God indeed as the authority indicator re re revealed in Nehemiah chapter number 8 as the man of God stands up on the pulpit of wood. He steps up in the place that is above everybody else. The word used for pulpit there in the Hebrew is the word migdal, which means a tower or a platform raised up for the purpose, the Bible say, to elevate him sufficiently for the people both to see and to hear him. So authority must be seen. Authority must be heard. Authority must be felt. And we want to dissect this issue here to really understand whether the book has what it takes to be heard, to be seen, to be felt. Glory to God. Whether the book has what it takes to be able to have the power and the right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. Are you together with me? Nehemiah explains in chapter number 8 that Ezra is not just seated around on a stool casually sharing an idea. He's not just walking around gabbing and chatterboxing. He's not just uh, having an evening with his friends uh, sitting on a stool trying to say this, that and the other. He's stepping up on a raised platform of wood to begin to declare 
as the word declares from what is given by the law of Moses. He was above all the people. He was above all the people. This is the first intimation, ladies and gentlemen, as we see in the scriptures concerning the pulpit, a structure of this kind, that it was above all the people. He was above all the people. He stood above them all. He mounted the platform in order to be seen, to be heard, to proclaim, to herald, and to declare. Glory to God. Ezra to stand above the people is well intended and intentional because the message that he carries is the message of the book. It's the word of God that is not at their level. This is a message that is flowing from heaven above and in that moment of the pulpit there is a supernatural moment that we call transcendence as if to say God is about to begin to speak. So this is not your regular book. This is not your regular ideas. This is not your uh, one, one, I mean, those that you read when you're bored and you're trying to pass time around. This is the element of the heavens opening to be able to kiss the earth because the reading of the book releases the voice of God with a thunder that can capture your soul forever. Say amen if you believe it. So the psalmist says in 138 and verse number 2, you have exalted your word above your name. And I would think about the name of Jesus and this would confuse me. But now I understand indeed that the word is exalted above his name because the revelation of the name is only found in the book. Glory to God. If you don't understand the book and the empowerment of the book and the understanding of the word, you will never really understand the revelation of the name. You will never really understand the revelation of the blood. You will never really understand the revelation of the hand of God and the presence of God because he has exalted his word above his name. Because you see, when you catch his word, you will then catch every other revelation that is based on the word. You will run by the blood. It is only in the book that you will hear the explanation which is a figure of what would happen in the New Testament that when the angel of death come by he will pass over. Why will he pass over? Because the lentils of the door have been painted with the blood. Glory to God. With the sacrificial blood and when the angel of death will see the blood he will pass over. I don't know if that's relevant for you especially in a day and a time such as we live right now. I don't know if you understand that the door of your life has been supernaturally marked by the blood of Jesus that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. The power in the book will reveal to you the energy, the revelation of the name, of the blood, of the presence of God, of the grace of God, of the mercy of God, of faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, to find the wealth of God's manifestation, we must find the book and open the book because by it we will live and by it we will abide. Hallelujah. Jesus teaches by his experience of the tempter in the wilderness uh, that man will not live by bread alone. This is his response to the devil who is trying to make him to make bread out of stone because he's been ha hungered uh, 40 days and 40 nights. He says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds. Somebody say proceeds. The proceeding word. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the revelation of the book is the 
the activity of the preceding word. That when you open it, it's not ink on paper anymore. It's taking on spirit and it's coming around you and in your life to proceed forth as a word from the mouth of God so that there it will activate life. It will provoke a performance and God will have an opportunity to begin to work some kind of miracle in your life based on your area of need. Somebody say hallelujah. That would be a great place to uh, touch on a point that I don't think I'll have time to be able to probably disintegrate in this time. The fact that the word was spoken before it was written and it was written so that it may be spoken. Glory to God. So then how are you going to speak it if you never catch it in the book? Glory to God. How will you hear what was spoken so that it may be written if you never get to open the writing, the scroll, the old good book? Somebody say hallelujah. Because in it we find the power, the living environment of God that begins to work a manifestation of divine truth. Oh, glory to God. I say glory to God. I will take you through a channel of a few minor performers uh, that begin to write some things and claim for them to be truth and give them the authority of some understanding of the book. One of them, inferior indeed, is a gentleman by the name Karl Marx. Those of you that understand socialism and you've read a little bit about that, you know who I'm talking about. Some of you are too young to be able to understand that. But Karl Marx claimed by his communist manifesto that it was the ultimate truth. Between you and me, you know, his way inferior. Charles Darwin purported by his evolution assumption that it was the ultimate truth. Between me and you, you know it was so far from the truth. As a matter of fact, it was a lie. And my basic understanding of why it is a lie is not just because it is an ape, I'm then a bending ape, I'm then a standing ape, I'm then a black man, I'm then a white man. Explaining that the peak of the evolution substance is the white man. So therefore the white man is the perfect evolution experience and the black man is not yet evolved indeed. Are you listening to what I'm talking about here? Now some of his uh, scholars uh, came to conclusions using the scriptures that of course you know uh, that uh, God is made in the image of God. Uh, that's the thesis there. So therefore we understand that the black man is not a man because as we all know God is not black. Of course that's the antithesis there. To negate it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So that they may draw a conclusion that therefore the black man is not a man. So even that I put in the trust bin because it's so far from the truth. I mean Islam lifts the Quran and I don't want to go there deep with the proclamation or uh, 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 an understanding that it is the truth. The Hindus will do the same with their Bagfahad. But all I'm trying to say here ladies and gentlemen there are many books on the shelf but there is a book within the books. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, you will find that most of all these confusing uh, theories around the world, they are always uh, an idea picked from the book so that by it, they may be able to build a theory by themselves. So when I talk about the book here, I'm talking a constitutional mandate. I'm talking a theocratic order, not a democracy, not one that you vote upon, not one where they count the vote, not one that we bid for and try to be able to 
to push an agenda for. You don't push the envelope for the book because the book is full of power that it will push its agenda for yourself. Before you are here, it was already moving on the wheel. When they said that the wheel, when they said that the sun, that the world was flat, it was already moving. When they said that there was a sun, the sun went around the earth, it was still moving. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? When King Henry the Navigator for 10 years tried to find a sea route to India and they always stuck on the, on the West African coast and come up with the idea that they've reached the end of the world because of what we know today to be a sunbar, the word was still at work. Amen. Glory to God. And of course, we understand by the wisdom of God, the man that found the sea road to India is because the breakthrough was the big break of Almighty God who creates the environment of a storm that takes him off the sea area into way deep into the Atlantic. By the time the waves bring him back, he's almost in South Africa. He's the one that found the Cape of Good Hope, found the sea route to India. Of course, I'm talking about Vasco da Gama. Glory to God. And now he comes trying to proclaim and say this, that, and the other, bring gold and spices to his king but the word is still at work because the agenda of God will not fail for performance because the word the book is always at work I don't know if you've read Isaiah must be 55 and I think verse number 11 that says as the rain comes from heaven and comes to the ground and causes the grass to grow and the, the vegetation on the ground so shall my word be that proceeds out of my mouth. He says it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish that which I please. Can I tell you the formula of the winner is the power bank of the God's proceeding word. Because you see, that word will not return to God void. If your faith can provoke the opening of the word through the book, there will be something that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And by divine order, it will not return to him void. It will accomplish that which he pleased. In your life, God has a will. There is something that pleases God in your life. And that can come to pass if we can provoke the key of its performance. Am I talking? Jeremiah 29 and 11 he says for I know the plans I have for you plans to give you hope in the future plans I have for you plans I have for you for I know the plans I have for you plans I have for you I know the plans I have for you I really wonder whether you know you because God know you and God has a plan for you. You that is fearfully and wonderfully mad. You that is anointed and blessed of God. God has a plan for you. Hallelujah. When you walk by his plan, he will say, well done thou, which is the word for you, good and faithful servant. And if you don't do well, he will say, I never knew you, worker of iniquity. Go out in darkness where there's gnashing of teeth. In other words, there is a you that God does not know, that you try to purport and claim that you are. But there is a you that God has a plan for. My God, I feel like fire in my bones. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Come on somebody, hallelujah. So revelation that knocks your life into the true prosperity of your life is a simple marriage to the you that God has called and ordained. 
Oh, hallelujah. Any other you, you are purporting in the streets to be with all the bling bling and the fine suits from Italy is a high cost of low living because it will cost you so much and you'll never see the fulfillment of life indeed. Am I talking? If I'm talking, say, preach the word. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. So the elevation of the pulpit of wood here is the weight of divine authority. The podium was large enough. If you saw the names we read through them yesterday, there were 14 men, including Ezra himself, seven on his right, six on his left. Glory to God. The response of the crowd is that they all stood up, lifted up their hands and said, Amen. Because that's the power of scripture authority. It is a spirit and it is highly contagious highly contagious oh <laughs> a few masks in the house here is only evidence that we know about a very highly infectious virus around here can I tell you where there is something more lethal than the COVID-19 it's so little that corona shies in the presence of the manifestation of the agent I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on somebody, hallelujah. Amen. In the presence of God, troubled hearts are mended, broken hearts are mended, and troubles vanish in the sweet, awesome presence of God. Because you see, when you believe the book, you are ready to die for the book. One old man said, if you can't believe it, if you can't believe it so deep to die for it, you'll never be able to live for it. And one of the reasons the book is not being the book in our lives is because we actually have not believed it. How do I know we haven't believed it? We haven't believed it because we cannot die for it. At the least pressure in your life, you always take the next excuse and the next option. The book does not have a plan B, ladies and gentlemen. No plan B on the book. I said no plan B on the book. I said no plan B on the book. I said it was spoken to be written. So when Genesis 1 declares, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness covered the face of the deep. And the spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. And God say, let there be light. That's the book. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. I don't know if you've heard about the cosmos theory. Because the cosmos theory is to simply affirm that indeed God is the creator. Because without God, God God therefore is the uncreated creator and the immovable mover. Because if he did what he did in the beginning, it is impossible that anybody could have done anything to make him be whatever he is. That's the book. Are we talking? I said, are we talking? Your enemy, the devil, that comes to show around as a roaring lion, knows the book so well and so fine. And he knows that it's the antidote for every one of his works. Glory to God. He knows the book that the seed of the woman shall crush the head of that serpent. Oh, yes, he knows the book. He knows the book. Let me confuse you a little bit here. Because you see, Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. The earth without form and void and darkness covered over the face of the deep. That's not the creation of God. 
He's too good to create uh, with void, with darkness covering over the face of the deep. Meaning that between one and two, something happened that Jesus explained as one falling from heaven because of the rejection of the book that reveals authority and hierarchy in the heart of God. That's why by Genesis 3, we see him as a serpent. Because when God created, we know by, by, defined, by distinction that when he creates, everything he creates is good. Does that sound like God to you? That 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 without form and darkness covers the f- the, the the face of the deep. Glory to God. No wonder when He says, "Let there be light," He don't create light. If you read the original tang for let there be, it's a sergeant speaking, giving orders because that was created a long time ago and it is dispelled somewhere because of evil activity. So when he said, let there be light, if light could speak, would say, yes, sir, I'm out of the cabin. I've been waiting for I don't know how many years to show up to be exactly what you created me to be. Hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. I hope I'm not successful in confusing you. But what I want to say here is that that's the foundation of the book. We can take it as far as history can go. We can take it as far as history past and take it as forward as history future. And it will always be consistent that the word is the revelation of that book. And where that spirit is, there is liberty. Glory to God. You might always think that Genesis 1 and 1 is the beginning. There is a beginning before Genesis 1 and 1. It is the beginning of John 1 and 1. Glory to God. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. All things were created by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. That is way before Genesis 1 and 1. Shade. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. So the word, which is the reflection of the book, ladies and gentlemen, must be restructured within your heart because it is the foundation of your life. I don't care who you are, what you do, what are the letters that come before your name. Ladies and gentlemen, the flow of that spirit that transforms life and impacts lives forever must be embedded and rudely founded where even the earth is founded on that word. Job confirms it. The psalmist confirms it. Glory to God. Before the foundation of the world. Glory to God. The world. Before the foundation of the world. He says that. Talks about the lump of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. The world is founded in the revelation of the book. Hallelujah. The first guy that came around and said, it is the earth that goes around the sun. I think he was called Galileo Galilee. He was jailed for years for pushing a conspiracy theory. And yet that was the truth. Can you imagine that the world can be so sincerely wrong that they can put you in jail for the truth? Come on. I say, come on. That's exactly where we are today. That if you choose to believe what is right, everybody looks at you like you don't know what you're talking about. But I tell you what, truth is truth. And that's why today I'm talking about authority. Because it doesn't matter what you do with the oil and the water. Shake the bottle all you want. When it finally settles down, the oil will always be on top. 
the authority of the book is that it cannot sink. In Matthew 7 and 28, the Bible declares, and it shall come to pass. And, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended this saying, that the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So there is a difference between Jesus' teaching and the teaching of the scribes. There's a very big difference, ladies and gentlemen, from one that carries the book and one that is peddling a theory. Are you listening to me? There are many theories around the world. You can talk about the Malthusian theory. You can talk about the evolution theory. You can talk about the Pythagoras theorem. You can talk about many of them as you may want. None of them will fit the glove because only the book has the responsibility, the power, and the authority to fit the glove of your life. It is the sieve that guides which one purses and which one does not. Glory to God. Most of the theories that have guided your life to death are simply by the scribes without authority and without power. Jesus would speak and they would say, ah, the people had him and they were astonished at his doctrine for he told them as one having authority because indeed he had the seas knew it because the seas would respond he said peace be still and that begins to happen glory to god she talks about the capacity of the human spirit and let me shock you about that you are so incredibly without idea what kind of capacity you have on the inside to carry and labor in the spirit with weight that is above your comprehension the man that Jesus found at the, at, at the caves of Gadara in the Gadarenes that man was spirits that were upon him man the Bible declares when they asked Jesus for permission and he said come out they went upon swine were they 2,000 or 5,000 anybody remembers they came on those swine and took them into the sea forever and all those spirits were on one man that's amazing capacity. Oh my goodness. My goodness, my goodness. When I think about your spiritual capacity, if we can do stats and the maths and the numbers on that, you'll be surprised that most of us are operating at 2.5%. 1.8%. Huh? Come on. A legion it was. Thank you. On one man. <laughs> come on hallelujah blessed be the name of Jesus can you imagine if you stretch a little bit in the spirit and they are God to do something special with you by his word and by the book you'll be amazed that this nation can be shaken from the foundation because a man had chosen to believe glory to God in this realm of the book impossibilities call you what impossible shagabakalilahai I say hallelujah. All that that was impossible in your life, all it does is put an apostrophe between the M and the next M. And it no longer reads impossible. It says, I am possible. Glory to God. So what is so hard in your life? What is so tough in your life? Man, I think about your problems and how you explain that the thing confusing you now is because you're looking for a wife. The thing confusing you now is because business is not moving. And I'm imagining your capacity in the spirit, what you are capable of, the kind of orders and decree and the making of decisions you can unleash by the authority of the book. And I tell you, you are operating at 0, 0.0 something. Of your own capacity by God's ordination. 
Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. It is in Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 14. The Bible said, but Peter, standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said to them, Ye men of Judea and all of ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you as you hearken unto my words. He began to preach to them the sermon that he picked in, uh, in uh, Joel chapter number 2, that it is written of the prophet that it shall come to pass in that day that your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your men and your young men shall see visions, they will see dreams. I mean, how could Peter begin to gather authority by the Spirit to be able to do that if he did not understand what the book says by the mouth of the prophet Joel? Glory to God. These men are not drunken at this hour as you suppose. But this is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. I tell you what, if you get acquainted with the book, he will lead you whenever you need it in the situation that you are in. Hallelujah. You will give life when others are speaking death. I say you'll give life when others are prophesying death. I have the prophet say, when the rays are falling down, you will surely say the rays are lifting up. Hallelujah. You were the order to disorder and the disorder to the disorganization of the world. Hallelujah. They are turning the world upside down. You will put it right side up by the power of the Holy Ghost. The light shines and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Darkness only has a privilege because the agents of light have taken a break. And your break time has been too long. Hallelujah. I say your break time has been too long. The apostle is in your city to declare, let your light so shine. By the book, you can shine your light and cause change that your children's children will talk about in your lifetime. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Authority is in the book. Magnanimous authority in the book. Incomprehensible authority in the book. And by the book, glory hallelujah. I say glory hallelujah. You lift your right hand and proclaim your, the book over your situation. And they hear you and they respond. Glory to God. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Is it Luke chapter number 7? The Bible said Jesus uh, said, Whosoever will speak to the sick mind tree and say, Be thou moved. He says whatever he say, that's what he will see. That's what he will have. He demonstrates that fact. It must be Mark chapter number 11 when he meets with the fig tree. You remember the fig tree? He said, May no one eat fruit from thee, henceforth even forevermore. Following day, 24 hours later, the thing is dried up. I never had an idea that fig trees have ears, but that's what the authority of the book does. Glory to God. I said they will hear you when the when the when the disciples are, are flabbergasted by the activity and they say jesus the tree you cast it has died jesus said i'll teach you a lesson now have faith in god or oh, the god kind of faith another translation calls it the god life that's the life of god you can live like that because that's your dna hallelujah and it says 
whosoever will speak to the mountain. In Luke, I taught about the sycamine tree. Now I demonstrated with a fig tree. But guess what? If your faith is as little as a mustard seed, you will speak to the mountain. And so be thou cast into the sea. And the Bible says, it shall be as you say. An inferior version says, you will speak to the Mount of Olives and say, move to the Mediterranean and it shall be. Because they have ears and those ears only respond to the authority of the book. The book, the book, the book, the book, the book, the book, the book. It is the book and the authority thereof. You've tried to live your life by the authority of your university professor and that's why your frustration is on you. You try to live your life by the book of your grandmother. That's why the frustration is on you. You try to live your life by the book, by the constitution of your nation and the frustration is on your face. Hallelujah. I said the revelation of the name and the blood is by the book. So let me upgrade it for you and say that just like the name of Jesus above every other name, so is the book. Because the author of the book is above every author. It is the book that is above every other book. Let everything submit. Let everything submit. I said let everything else submit. Written by men, living, dead, or unborn. Submit to the authority of the book. Submit to the authority of the book. Martin Luther says it this way. I like the brother. He says the pulpit is the throne of God's word. And from there it must rule and reign in the hearts of men and in our communities. Must rule and reign. Must rule and reign. Some of us only get to read our Bibles when we hatch, when we march, and when we dispatch. <laughs> Let me talk at your level. When you are born, hatch. When you get married, march. And when you die, dispatch. That's when the Bible is open. It has got, gathered dust in your house. You see it on Easter. You see it on Christmas Day. I'm here to give you free information into the relocation of your destiny and the alignment of your life and order out of disorder. Give yourself a prescription on the book of life. Hey! I had a good book say in the last days and the books were opened. That's how serious book business is with the Lord. That those that are going to make it in the environment, in his environment, their names are in a book. And can I tell you something? If you give yourself to the order of the good book, you can have the assurance that your name is in the book. Because this book is a reflection of that book. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Let me say one more thing before I go to authenticity. Because I'd like to authenticate the book before you're hearing tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, by the authority of the book, the Bible says you will walk over serpents and scorpions, lizards of all kinds. And it says they will not be able to gainsay or resist or hurt you by any means. What are we trying to say here? That there is no power diabolical against the book that has an opportunity of resistance, of defiance, or even to be able to stand before you. That's the book. Hallelujah. 
you walk over them. If it is diabolical, it's under your feet. When I was growing up as a young man, puffed up with the idea of being great, my admiration was the red carpet. I've seen a lot of red carpets, but I don't care about red carpet anymore. Right now, I like carpet of diabolical substance. Scorpions and lizards and serpents, they feel the vibration of my feet. And they know there is a son of the Most High. Shadala Bakalil. Asabados. Rekelabados. Well, I'm a very gifted gentleman, but one of the gifts I don't have is the one for dancing. Glory to God. But every once in a while, I dance with my one left foot because I know every move is crushing ahead. Hallelujah. I'm one of those people when I dance, you think I'm walking, but I'm seriously dancing. Hallelujah. Someone in Nairobi said, you are those people that dance with their internal organs, but it is all right. I try to make external movement because my feet are effective by reason of the book and the authority thereof that serpents and scorpions under my feet. Hallelujah. 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 Under your feet they are. Under your feet they are. Why don't I give you a minute right now to take charge in the spirit and begin to discard and abrogate every conspiracy theory against your life. Every demonic force against your life. Come on, open your mouth right now in Jesus' name. Subdue them. Subjugate them. Disempower them off of your life. Generational curses. Curses spoken. Curses thought. Curses are, are idolized. Glory to God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Bible declares Isaiah 54 and verse number 17. That no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper. Every tongue that raises up against you in judgment shall be condemned. 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 Hallelujah. He says that's your heritage. That's your heritage. And he says your righteousness is of me. Sayeth the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, lift your right hand of power. Lift your right hand of power and agree with me right now. Say, Abba Father, by the book of your word, I take authority over every spirit, over every evil force, diabolical substance, charms, spirits, wizardry, all manner of witchcraft. In the mighty name of Jesus, I discard you. I abrogate you. I disempower you. I paralyze you. I circumnavigate all your ability in the name of Jesus. And you are broken with no influence over my life for as long as I live. In Jesus' mighty name. Some of you have just been delivered forever. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Somebody say amen. 
let's authenticate and I will be out of your way. Number eight of Jeremiah of Nehemiah. I will quickly highlight verse number seven and verse number nine. He talks about how the men over there, a list of men from Jeshua all the way to Peliah and the Levites. He said they caused the people to understand the law. And it says uh, they read in the book distinctly and gave the sins and caused them to be able to understand what they're reading. Nehemiah the governor or the Tarshather and Israel the priest, uh, the scribe and the Levites, they told the people and said to unto all the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God. Moan not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. The word and the book always has impact because it is authentic. It is absolute truth with absolute authority that is authentic. The word authentic means that one that is made and done in the same way as the original. In the King James Version, it is the word used for unfade, meaning it's not fake. It is called unfade love and unfade faith. That's the book. It is the book unfade. Cannot be faked. Glory to God. I'm not talking about your Rolex because we all know it is fake. Come on. Come on, come on. It is unfade love and fade faith, not fake. There is no sense of image damage or corruption. That is the book. There is no capacity of corruption on the divine book. That's why the fathers of the Christian faith, in the ordinance of the law, they said it's inerrant, meaning it's inability to be found error because there is no image damage, neither is there corruption. It doesn't need makeup, doesn't need black opal, doesn't need no lipstick, doesn't need some of your brands because it is authentic by itself. Somebody say hallelujah. It is pure from the source. It carries the DNA of God. Hey! Isaiah saw him and he said the train of his robe filled the temple. When the elders in the heavens and the old man of BC, the best they can say is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and is to come. I tell you what, human language breaks in error in the description, description of what God is. Yeah. Hallelujah. So is his word as it proceeds out of his mouth. So is the book that he has given as an agent of change to humanity. Somebody say hallelujah. The authenticity of the book is only paralleled to the authenticity of the culture from the book. There is a culture gathered out of the book and I'm about to unravel that for you. All scripture was written by the Holy Spirit, do we agree? But by which culture? Every single one of them was written by a Jew. Are you listening? All of our nations that are called Gentiles, we have our cultures. And I told you the other day that the root word for culture is actually worship. Because every culture is a representation of what they worship. Most of our cultures are secular, either secular or demonically influenced, revealed in animism. The worship of other things apart from God, animals and trees and mountains. These need to be saved and to be reconciled back to God. 
He prophesied in Revelations that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ and he shall reign forever. That's the transformation of nations as they are gathered back unto God. In the book of Revelation it says the kings of this world will all come with their artifacts unto God bowing before him with all their goodies from among the nations because now the nations will be saved and delivered. In Psalm chapter number, is it number 8 and 2, when it says, Ask of me, and I'll grant the nations for an inheritance, and the uttermost ends of the earth for a possession. Many times we think it is about land. Land is a part of it, but more than land, it's the cultures of the nations. And I hope I'll get to that sometime this weekend. Because it is the issue of penetrating the culture rather than going round and wide over the culture. Too shallow to affect people's lives and turn nations around. Because we float and swim over them rather than penetrating the culture and causing a transformation. Oh, hallelujah. I say hallelujah. As we talk about the cultures of the Gentiles that need to be saved and delivered, there is a culture that is the reflection and the type and example of salvation by God's mind. Oh, hallelujah. He calls them a chosen generation. He calls them a holy people. Come on. I say hallelujah. It is the only culture, the only people whose culture was given by Elohim, Jehovah Adonai. Because they are humans, they have corrupted it over generations. But you know what? Because it is the seed of life and truth, it will always recover. If you read the Old Testament, there are those that served God with all of their heart. There are those that followed David. There are those that followed uh, uh, the son of Nabat. Jeroboam the son of Nabat and serve demons and, and build altars and, uh, and build images. I mean uh, uh, guys like, uh, uh, like Ahab and his wife Jezebel and that generation would go down but you know what? Every now and then one would arise whose heart would be together with God and they would build a nation yet one more time. Let me tell you ladies and gentlemen Babylon was the only reason for Babylon was to purify himself a people one more time because they must always be chosen, purified, a culture designed to be the reflection among the nations that God can do something special with the people. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I go into all that to simply authenticate the book for you. And I'm doing my best tonight. Let's take a shot in the mighty name of Jesus. This is the culture that has been persecuted more than any other culture in the world. And yet they've stayed true to their God. They've stayed true to their Torah. They've stayed true to their language, to their culture, and to their homeland. It is the Jews. Whether it was in the days of Pharaoh of Egypt, Ben-Hadad of Syria, Haman, the Agagite, Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, Hitler of Germany, the Arab League of 1948, or even the Ayatollah of Iran in 2021, they still survive. Hey! They don't only survive, but they are super leaders in agriculture, in army and intelligence systems, in science and technology, in world, uh, world affairs and economies. Glory to God. They are world leaders in SMEs, uh, small and medium enterprise, per capita, as I talk to you today. What does that mean? They are kids and they are youth. They don't finish uni to go get a job. They finish uni to go start a business. 
Hey, take your time and read the book, The Jewish Phenomenon. Glory to God forevermore. Listen to this. The Greek scholars, Aristotle, Plato, and Socrates could come today and be confused because they cannot even recognize where Greece is, where Greece was, what their theories are, because they are all old, ancient, antiquated, and eroded. <laughs> Hallelujah. Alexander the third most known as Alexander the Great in history could come back and have no map to take him back to Macedonia oh Sagamahaya Cyrus the Great Ahasuerus that led the world from India to Ethiopia old Cyrus the Great the Persian king could come back and not be able to find their way into the places of their territory what about the great ancient Roman uh, Caesars? I'm talking about Julius. I'm talking about Augustus. I'm talking about Tiberius. They could come back and only find a little nation called Italy that does not even seem to be able to reflect anything like the Roman rulers established. Are we talking? I said, are we talking? I said, are we talking? Constantine could come and not find Constantinople because today it is Turkey. The Byzantine Empire that ruled over Asia Minor and Europe could not be found today. The great kingdom of Britain, ladies and gentlemen, known as uh, the Great Britain, led by kings like James and Henry the Conqueror, Queen of Victoria, could come back today and can't recognize it because the great Britain was all over the world from Africa to India. They're in a state today where even uh, Northern Ireland wants to separate from them. It's a sorry state. These kings would be amazed. And we are talking about less than 200 years ago. Are we talking? But I'll tell you about a gentleman you know so very well. His name is called Moses. He's the son of Amram and Yochabeth, Hebrew slaves. He can come back today and land at the airport in Tel Aviv. And he will not be surprised because he will find the Torah alive. He will find the menorah alive. He will find the Mishnah alive. He will find the Hebrew language alive. He will find the Sabbath. He will find the culture as he left it in the same land that God told him would be the the land of promise ladies and gentlemen he will find his people still worshiping Elohim Adonai the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob at the airport they would greet him and they would say shalom and they would answer shalom shalom hey. Hey. hallelujah hey. I say hallelujah so 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by God, breathed and is useful for correction, for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction, and for training in all righteousness. God gives their culture as a gift to the world. Hallelujah. And the best, nearest, authentic structure that reveals the book is the culture that buffers the book and out of which we seem to understand the book written in their original tongue translated in all nations around the world when you still want to find the true meaning you have to go back to hebrew the language of their culture come on 
So the Bible, what we call the book, ladies and gentlemen, is a reflection of a culture, of a people that God has chosen. Oh, hallelujah. That's why the book is not the book of the month, neither is it the book of the year. It is the book of all ages. It is still the bestseller in this 2021, the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. In 2020, 21, the year of the coronavirus, the Bible is still the bestseller. They cried and said, Amen, Amen. As it was in the days of Nehemiah and Ezra, so it is today. It is the Bible that causes men to stand up with tears in their eyes and bow one more time to the Lord God of heaven as they say, Amen, 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 Amen. No other book in the world has that caliber of influence and impact because it is the book of the ages. Somebody say, Hallelujah. It has influenced more people than any other book in existence. It is, its message has changed countless lives. It has changed drunkards, drug addicts, into sober, responsible citizens. Some of you here, preachers and pastors, we know that without the book, oh, gracious God. I was preaching in Kampala one day and somebody listened to me. They were so blessed by the word. They didn't know what to say to me. They came to me and said, Pastor, I mean the way you talk. I mean I was so blessed. I think you had to be a preacher because if you're not a preacher, you would have been a con man. Because everything you say, I just believe it. <laughs> the power of the book. The authenticity of the book. Drunkards have become responsible citizens. Criminals have become law-abiding citizens. And you can find all of that in the scriptures. It comforts the brokenhearted more than anything else that you could ever imagine. Paul wrote and he said, May the God of all comfort comfort the afflicted with the comfort by which we have been afflicted. Oh my goodness. My goodness, my goodness. I say my goodness. How many of you have lost a loved one and at that time you want to read a newspaper? How many of you have lost a loved one? At that point, you want to read your Mills and Bone and your lovely fictitious novels. You want to watch Fast Blood, John Rumble, or maybe Iron Man. I don't even know what you watch these days. Glory to God. But guess what? For those of us that have life in the book, in any crisis, without any crisis, on the good day and on the bad day, we survive on it and by it we live. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. The writer of the book of Acts wrote and he said that in him we live and move and have our being. If you understand that the him is actually the word because in the beginning was the word and the word was God and with God. When he says in him we live and move and have our being it simply means my existence is in the book. I wake up to the book. I live by the book. I make my decision by the book. My agenda for life by the book. I say hallelujah. I live and move and have my being therein. Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. It has satisfied the spiritually hungry and thirsty. It has promised and given hope and courage, strength to all those in despair. Ladies and gentlemen, none other has influenced so many great men and women. Testimonies around the world about the Bible and its message influencing lives around the world. No other book. Somebody say no other book. Carries that kind of authenticity. Hey. hey! 
Listen, no other book has suffered more attacks, rejection, like the object or under scorn of the book called the Bible. Let's qualify the facts. I'm about to go out of your way. This book is really a library of 66 of them. Listen to the, listen to the quality of the authentic authentication here. There are 66 books written over a period of 1,600 years. Written by 40 different authors in 13 different countries on three different continents. And yet it all comes together as a literal masterpiece with one central theme. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a miracle with the divine author overseeing the project. 1,600 years. And it is consistent as consistent can be. Oh, hallelujah. Isaiah prophesies it. Jesus fulfills it. Dr. Luke qualifies it. Gets it written. Come on somebody, hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Moses writes it. Concerning Genesis 3. Jesus fulfills it. Matthew, Mark and John write it down. Oh... By his spirit, he takes Moses to the mountain 40 days. Some of you have no idea what Moses was doing in Mount Sinai 40 days. That's when Genesis was written. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, what we call the Pentateuch. Glory to God. Just like he took Moses to the mountain to give us the past. That's how he took John the Revelator to the island of Patmos to give us the future. Magadele Bekelaya. Oh. 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 It is the book with the most accurately fulfilled prophecies and the most detailed eschatological prophecy, prophetic expectations. Hallelujah. Without the book, we have no eschatos. That's why without the book, we are without God and without hope. But the book gives us hope. He tells us even when you mourn, don't mourn like those that don't have hope. Hallelujah. No book has been as despised and rejected like the book that is called the word of God. It has been burned, ridiculed, outlawed. But amazingly, the more it is attacked, the more it multiplies. The more it is attacked, the more it takes territory. The more it is banned, the more authority and authentic it becomes around the world. Matthew 24 and 35 Jesus said heaven and earth shall pass away but my words will not pass away listen to this a noted French infidel you've never heard about this guy he's called Voltaire he died in 1778 he said within a hundred years of my life the Bible will be a forgotten book it will only be found in museums and read by a few. A hundred years later, like we prophesied, Voltaire was already dead. And guess what? His house was purchased by the Geneva Bible Society for the printing and the distribution of Bibles. Imagine what a good, great sense of humor that God carries. Many a man have preached the funeral of the Bible only to find that the corpse has outlived the pallbearers. 
Those that have pursued the Bible in rebellion and defiance have often turned out to be the ones that are pursued. <laughs> Glory to God. According to what is called the Thaisen Lectures of Systematic Theology, and I'll give you from these lectures on page 84, he says after discovering that Christians grounded their faith in the scripture, Roman emperors attempted to destroy the Bible. Listen to the story. There's one called Dialectian. He demanded by royal edict, that is by royal order, there is 303 AD, that every copy of the Bible be destroyed and thrown in fire. He destroyed so many Bibles and killed so many Christians that when they were silent and for a time he was convinced he had put an end both to Christianity and to the Bible so much so that he caused a medal in his neck to be struck an inscription the Christian religion has been destroyed and the worship of the gods of Rome has been restored a few years after his death Constantine arose to the throne and declared Christianity the state religion because the idea was if we can't beat them we must join them for your information if you've never understood why children are baptized and yet they haven't yet believed it was the idea of joining religion and state church and state that if we can't convert them we will conceive them and immediately they are conceived they will be baptized and born Christians are you listening to what we are talking about here that's the power of the book Hallelujah. John Cannings wrote and he said that the empire of Caesar has gone but the word of God still survives. The legions of Rome are moldering on the dust but the word of God still survives. The avalanches of Napoleon heaped upon Europe have melted away but the word of God still survives. The pride of the pharaohs of Egypt they have all fallen and they are in the museums and the word of God still survives. Tradition has dug the grave. Many a Judas have betrayed it with a keys many ademas have forsaken it and yet the word of God still survives the authenticity of the book I don't know what's your location at this order and what your book meter says. Your book meter says. What your book meter says. What your book meter says. You could forsake it like Demas or betray it like a kiss with a kiss like Judas. I tell you what, it will outlive you. Your greatest wisdom, it will live by it and not against it. A few more reads and I'll be out of your way. The gentleman is called Arthur W. Pink. He put it this way. When we bear in mind that the Bible has been special object of never-ending attack and persecution, the wonder of the Bible's survival is what is called a miracle. Still the number one sale of all time. Many people have given their lives for the cause of circulating it. The Gideons are just one organization doing this. And each year they distribute over 80 million Bibles worldwide. The power, the authenticity of the book. It stands on its own merits. And it does. Yes, it does. It therefore demands. The question is, what are we going to do with the truth that it preaches? That's biblical application in our own lives. Pontius Pilate was confused about Jesus. He knew the truth, but he had a political agenda to push. 
He pushed him to push him out his way and Jesus would not. He would only say, you say so. The Bible says he washed his hand. He says, I wash your blood off of my hand. He asked the people and said, what shall I do with this Jesus of Nazareth that is called the King of the Jews? The man does not know what to do with the Christos, the anointed one and his anointing. The revelation of the word compiled together as the book. My question to my learned friends here tonight will simply be in a million dollar model i would like to ask you what will you do what will you do will you believe it will you run with it will you walk with it will you make a commitment and a covenant with a book that god may begin to have his full rights and operation over your life hallelujah i say hallelujah I will finish with first Peter number one and verse number 23. He says, we being born again, not with corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, by the word of God, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Born again, not of corruptible seed. The word for seed there, which represents the word of the book, is the Greek word spora. Spora, spora, sigma pi, omicron, rho, and alpha, spora. To mean what? It is the word that is translated in English for spam. Shagalila. Excuse my language, I'm talking Greek here, so don't think English. They are spam, I'm talking Greek, spora. They spora that is corruptible. But we've not been born again by corruptible seed or spora, but by incorruptible, by the word of God, logos, by the word of God, logos, lambda, omicron, gamma, omicron, and sigma, logos, meaning the word uttered by the living voice, the embodiment of conception or an idea. It lives and it abides forever. Somebody say forever. Come on, say forever. My most favorite inferior version here is the message by the Dr. Eugene Patterson. Listen to how he renders it. He says, your life is not like your old life. Your old birth came from a motor spam, but your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think a life conceived by God himself. Hey! Mary asked the angel, how shall these things be? The angel Gabriel gave him the, gave her the formula. He said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. Come upon you. Something supernatural will be formed on the inside of you. That thing formed shall be called the Son of God. Or in this case, the Word of God. The incorruptible seed. That's the seed you and me carry. Somebody say hallelujah. I said, somebody say hallelujah. I saw a guy with a big chest and a big perk written on his t-shirt words. I've just done a DNA test and I found God is my father. In other words, I've been born by incorruptible seed. Hey, the word of God that abides forever. 
He says in verse number 25, all right, 24, that's why the prophet said, the old life is grass, is grass life. His beauty is short-lived as wild flowers. Grass dries up and flowers drop. King James, the flower withers, the grass withers and the flower fades. But his word will abide forever. Listen to Eugene Pastorson, verse number 25. God's word goes on and on forever. This is the word that conceived the new life in you. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit my case tonight, but you have no idea idea what the power and the potential of your life can be. I want you to be married to the book and be married to the power, the incorruptible seed of the word of God. You will be amazed and dazed by yourself. You will become the you of Jeremiah 29 11. The you that is in the mind of God. The you that is an overcomer. The you that is an undertaker. The you that is a mover. That is a shaker. Living a prophetic life with the agenda of God sealed on your life as the seal of promise by the Holy Ghost. The enemy has no chance on you. It is a dead game a long time ago. He's only had a chance because you had no idea your equipment and how qualified you are. Scripture says you are qualified. He qualifies the called and he calls the qualified. He says you will be you will be acceptable to men and approved of God. And Jesus grew in stature, Luke 2 and 52, in stature and in wisdom and in favor with God and with man. Am I talking to somebody here? Let me tell you something. If you're a girl, you meet a man, you get pregnant. Some of you are going to meet the word. And the change that will hit you will be greater than a pregnancy. It will be seen in your money. It will be seen in your dream. It will be seen in your career. It will be seen in your choices. All of a sudden, your life will be realigned. That's what we call empowerment. 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 I say empowerment. No greater empowerment than the seed of the book. That's a revelation of the Holy Spirit. That's a revelation of Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. That's the, that's the revelation of Abba Father. Glory, hallelujah. The book declares something in the Pauline benedictions. He says, now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. This is how I like to say it, putting the scriptures together. May the sufficient grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the ever abiding love of the Father and the sweet, 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 beautiful fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with you as it is with me now and forevermore. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I rest my case. I expect you better, bigger, stronger by the work of the will of God and the word of God in your life. Stand up on your feet and give him praise. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and share the message to your family and friends. Follow us on our social media at Kingstar Church.